Welcome to this next lesson in the Pioneer School, Lesson 25. Today, we are taking the next step. It's time to build churches. It's time to build new churches on a new foundation. We still want to see a reformation of the church that's already there, but it's really time to build something new. And I've been looking so much forward to this day to do this teaching, to talk about church, what is church, where church is like a family, but where most people have grown up in church like orphanage. And in this lesson, we're going to look at church as a family and that one model don't work from all families. Every family is different and you cannot take one model and then use that for all families. You cannot take one church model and use that for all churches. See this lesson. I hope it's going to bless you, challenge you and create a longing in you to come and be the church God wants us to be. Hello everyone out there and welcome to lesson 25 on the Pioneer School. It's one and a half year ago since I did the last lesson on the Pioneer School and a lot of things have happened since. We have moved to a new place. We are now at the Jesus Center in Denmark, uh, one and a half hour from Aalborg where we were living in before. Since last time, we have given out the movie, The Seven Dates Adventure with God. And many people have got changed through that movie. And in a few days, in a few weeks, we'll give out the next movie, The Last Reformation, The Life. And a lot of things have just happened. A lot of things have happened since the last time I did the Pioneer School lessons here. And I'm just excited about life. I'm excited about what God is doing. And we are learning so much. And we are seeing so many life changes. It's, it's more than I have dreamed about in the few, uh, many years ago to see life getting changed. And, and we meet many people who, who is starting with going on YouTube and then suddenly seeing the movie, The Last Reformation, The Beginning. And, and then they get challenged and provoked, but long for more. And then they find the online pioneer school we are, you're looking at now. And they start this journey with us, join a PTA school or kickstart also. And uh, it's just beautiful to see what God is doing. But as I said, we are learning a lot of things. God is doing new things. And we really believe that now it's time to take the next step. It's time to build churches. It's time to build new churches new fellowships on a new foundation. And I want to say that the name of the last reformation is the last reformation, and it's because we want to see a reformation of the church. And we have been trying to do that. We have been trying to reform the church we already have. We have been trying to reform the church through different Ways And we have been working with pastors who have come to us and said, we, I want to reform my church. Can you help us? How, how can we do this? And we have worked with elders in church who say, hey, we want to reform the church or with members in the church. And it is not easy. I just want to say it is not easy. And we have many 
eller many times we have actually experienced that they have tried to change that old system, but they have not succeeded. And in some cases, it have ended up that the pastor got fired. In some cases, it have ended up that the elders left the church or the members need to leave the church. Or in some cases, it actually looked like it's going to be a split. And every time I see that, I'm, I'm sometimes thinking like, Jesus, when do we learn? When do we learn to understand what it is you are saying? Because what do we read Jesus saying? He says, Neither you put new wine into old wine skins, else the skin birth and the wine is spilled and the skin perished. But you put new wine into fresh wine skin and both are preserved. This is what Jesus is saying in Matthew 9. Jesus said you don't take this new wine and put it into old wine skins. Why? Because their own wineskin cannot handle it. And if we try to do that, the skin is destroyed and the new wine is spilled. <laughs> so to preserve the new wine, what God is doing, you need new wineskins. And I don't say that everyone who have a church building, everyone who have a Sunday meeting, everyone who have this is their own wineskin. There is people out there who really are the new wine and who want to get transformed and who want to see a reformation. But just want to say it's not easy. This is our experience. It's not easy. We will continue trying to reform the church. We continue working with the church as we have. And we will continue trying to see that reformation. But at the same time, it's really time to also build something new. It's time to build from scratch. It's time to build on a new foundation instead of only focus our time and energy to reform the old system. And me and my friends, we have been uh, talking a lot about it. We have been praying about it. And, and we know many people who have been following us who maybe have left the church or got saved and are not in our institutional church and people came to get kick-started and they really experienced this life. And many people are asking the question, what now? What now? I'm not in a church. I'm not in a fellowship. I've left it. I've never been in it. And I don't fit into what I see there. What now? <laughs> what is the next step? And uh, and this is what I want to talk about now. This is one of what I want to talk about in the next lessons of the Pioneer School, where I want to look at church. I want to help you again to take off those religious glasses and challenge you when it comes to what is church and how do we come in and see the real church the Bible is talking about, the real church Jesus is talking about. So I hope you're ready. I hope you are ready to be challenged. I hope you're ready for the next lessons I'm going to do about church. And I hope that it will bring freedom to many of you and also that this will be a foundation for many of you, so you now have something to go out from. That you now have something and say, this is what I want, this is what we can do. And then meet people come together, and they together build those New Testament fellowship, churches, groups, 
call it what you want. So I hope you're ready. I will start to uh, to pray. God, I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for the amazing things that is happening all over the world and, and what we are being allowed to see. And Jesus, we know there is more. There is more than just going out on the street. There is more than kickstarting. There is more than leading people to Christ. There is church. And we want it all. We want it all. We want to see New Testament churches come up all over the place. So pray that you help me to share this word. And pray for everyone who has seen this teaching that you will open their eyes and their ears to receive this word. And that is going to be a foundation we can build on in the future. Come with your Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to uh, I want to start a little with talking about some of the things I've been speaking about before because I want to continue building on some of the things we were teaching about in the first 20 lessons. In lesson 17, I talked a little about church. In lesson 17, we, we have this here, where I talked about the church, uh, the two legs somehow is built on. Is the first one is the Great Commission, a Great Commandment, sorry, and then the next is the Great Commission. We have the Great Commandment. Love God and love your neighbor. That is what Jesus is saying. This is what the law, everything is built on. Love God with everything in you and love the neighbor as yourself. This is the great command. And then we have the great commission. Go out and make disciples. And this is the, uh, this is a definition of what church is. That is people coming together who are loving God with everything in them, who are loving the, each other, <laughs> loving the neighbor as themselves. And who are going out to make disciples. This is like this. But the problem is if we try to take church and put it in a box. Where we put a box around it. Where it become about the buildings. Where it become about the staff. About the program and about the budget. And the early church loved God. They loved their neighbor. They were, made, they were made, making disciples without the building staff program and budget. You can use your home. You can do this without all of this. I don't say you cannot use a building because we are using a building now and Paul was speaking in a building. But this is not what defines church. Church is those things. And I talk about that in lesson 17 where I also spoke a little about the problem as I see it in church today. Because of the way we often do church, we have 10% we're doing all the work. And they're busy, busy, busy. We have 30% who are frustrated because they're like, when is my turn to be used? I also want to be used by God. So 30% are frustrated and long for more. And then we have 60% who have one time been frustrated, but have given up their calling, given up their vision. And now they just attend church and they have lost their first love and falling away. Because for, to fall away is not to leave church. Church is the last thing you are leaving. To fall away is to leave the first love. And this is some of the things I talked about. Therefore, we need a reformation of the church. But you can see more about that in lesson 17. In lesson 18, I talked about Jesus' vision from the church. Luke chapter 10. It's not my will be done, but it's his will. 
is his vision. It's not about we trying to find our own vision and what we think is church. It's to come in and find out what he sees as church and then do it his way. And I've not seen those lessons yet. I encourage you to go in and see it because now I will continue. And what I will build on in the next lessons is, is also some of this foundation. What is church? How do you do church? That is a good question. If I say what is church? Many of us already know that church is not the meeting. Church is not the building. Church is not the institution. And many of us know that already. So I will not spend a lot of time on that now. I will try to show another picture of church. A picture that is for me really amazing. Amazing that shows the idea what God had been thinking when he thinks church. And that is family. Church is family. Church is not, it is family. It's like a family. What is it with a family? In a family, we are all born into a family. We, to, in the flesh, in the flesh we are born into a family where we have a mom, we have a dad, brothers, sisters, we have siblings. And the family is God's design for us as people to grow up, to become mature, leave home, and then get our own family. So God's design for people for us humans to grow up in the natural that is family that is God's design and and the whole idea is amazing that God have designed designed it all where we have a mom and we have a dad and where the mom was supposed to create safety security where we think everything is amazing, everything is safe because mom is there, she loves us, she's there for us. And where we have a dad who are there to create self-confidence. Come on, my son, you can do it. Come on, my daughter, you are beautiful, my princess. A mom and dad create something in us and then we have siblings. We grow up together with. And Family is God's design. And now I know <laughs> that many out there have grown up in a family that have not been perfect. Where we have not, maybe you have grown up without a dad. Maybe you grow up without siblings. Maybe you grow up where you did not have a close relationship with your mom. So, but in the, in the natural, from creation, it was supposed to be like that, that we grow up in our environment of a mom, of a dad, and siblings, family. And this is God's perfect idea. And in a perfect family, even in a perfect family, people fight. Even in a perfect family, there is sometimes problem, there is challenge. But you still forgive each other, you still love each other. Why? Because you are family. So even the most perfect family are never perfect enough. 
I believe that is scores designed for us as human to grow up in a family. But many have not, some people have not grown up in a family. Some people have grown up in a family maybe without a mom, without dad. Or they are grown up on an orphanage where they don't have any parents. But instead of parents, they have leaders. Leaders who come, leaders who do their job, and then leaders who go home to their own family. And this is how many have experienced church also. I'm going to talk more about that later. But this is how many have experienced church. Not as a family, but with parents. But many have experienced church as orphanage with leaders. And there is really a big, big, big difference when it comes to experience an orphanage with leaders and experience a family with parents. But I'll come back to that. I'll start to say God won family. Family is God's design. God is our father. Jesus is our savior, but he's also our brother. We are all siblings. <laughs> we are all family. A family is something you get born into or adopted into. And for our sake, we, when we get born again, we get born into God's family. John 1.12 is saying, But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become the children of God. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, and nor of the will of man, but of God. When you get born again, you become the children of God. You come into God's family, the real family. Matthew 12, Jesus talked about family where his mother and his brother came to him. Because they thought Jesus, he was out of his mind. They thought Jesus was crazy. And he was sitting there teaching and somebody came and said, Jesus, your mom and your brother is standing outside. They want to talk to you. Jesus said, who is my mom? Who is my brother? And he looked at his disciples and he said, here is my mother, my brother. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Try to imagine Jesus here. Try to imagine to be Jesus' parents, Jesus' mom, Jesus' brother. Here they come to Jesus and they want to talk to Jesus. They think he was out of his mind at that time. And they come as blood, as family related to Jesus, the brother, the mother. And Jesus there say to everyone that, who's my brother and my family? It's, it's actually not those people who are standing there. Those people. This is my real family. And, and this sounds really radical that Jesus looked at those people at that time as his real family. There is a saying in Denmark, or we use in Denmark, I think you use all over the world, blood is thicker than water. What do that mean that blood is thicker than water? That family are stronger than friendship. 
And what people mean with that is that family always come first. It's good to have friends, but if you should choose between friends and family and trust people, it would be family because family is more important. Family are deeper or thicker. Blood is thicker than water. But what about spirit? Spirit is thicker than both blood and water. Spirit is thicker in many ways. We become one spirit. And I want to say, God's idea with church is really not membership. Where you come in and now we are member of the same institution, we are member of the same church, because we need to somehow, now we need to love each other because we attend the same church. And hi and hi, how are you? I'm fine. Did you have a, are you good? Yeah, I'm good. And people don't connect. God's idea with church is, is family. Where there is something that builds us together, there is even deeper than what we experience with natural family, especially when they're not born again. Because if you are both family and born again, of course, it's, it's, it's even more special. And I want to start saying that for me, I was in a church, I helped start a church, and I helped start another church before I first got the small taste that church is a family. You can be in church your whole life, you can help start church without ever experience the real church, without experience the real church where it's a family. And I don't say we are completely there because we are still learning, we are still growing. But what we are seeing now, for me, is just amazing. We are seeing family. We are starting to see it in a way that's so beautiful where it's not membership in an institution, it's family and it's spirit. And that family is so much stronger than, than, than anything else. Because also if you look at here, family and orphanage, there is a, a big, big, big difference in that. Again, as I said, family have parents, mom and dad. What, what is it with parents? The parents' goal in life is their kids. <laughs> the orphanage have leaders. Leaders' goal is to do a good job. But when that job is over, when that job is done, they go home to the family, those people they really love, (laughs) those people they want to lay down their life for. But in a family, you as parents, you have one goal and that is your kids. It's not about you, it's about your kids. Your goal is to see your kids healthy, (laughs) to see your kids grow up. To see your kids be independent, to see your kids grow from home, to see your kids get new kids, to see your kids mature. This is why we people don't get kids just to have fun. They get kids and take it serious. And it takes all the time. And many of us have never experienced that. Many have experienced 
church as often it with leaders. No parents, a lot of leaders. With a lot of control, a lot of rules, not a lot of time for every each of them. Because in the orphanage, there is few leaders and many, many, many kids. And you don't have the time to really get to know and connect. Many of have experienced church where it's more like a program than life. Like where, where you talk and grow up, like, like you do in a family. And... When we now start to to work with churches and, and build fellowships, a, a problem we have many places is that people come from the church as often it's where they have been hurt. And that hurt, that bitterness is there, and that creates a fear for people that they're afraid to submit again. They're afraid to submit and get hurt again. They're afraid to... To, um, to they want to be independent in a way where it's not healthy. And just want to say we cannot be the church alone. You cannot be the church alone. None of us is the body of Christ alone. We are all a member of the body and we really need each other. We really need each other. You, you cannot, we cannot grow up alone. We, we need each other. We need to experience real church. And I want to, as I say, I want to talk, talk about how the Christians, and I'll come back to that later, how to become a family. How do we become a family? How do we become that, that real church? If you are sitting and if you are home and you want to start build a New Testament church, if you want to experience this family the Bible is talking about, this church, how do you do it? The first thing I want to say, and, and some people think, yeah, of course it's like that, but but people, people we, we think people know it, but they don't know it. The first thing to really experience that unity, that life, that family, is that you need to be born again. People need to be born again, and people need to have the same spirit. You cannot be one with people who don't have the same spirit. It's not possible, because it's a oneness in spirit, not in blood, not in, not in that, but in spirit. And you cannot be one with people who don't have the same spirit. And there I see a big problem in many churches today, because the truth is, as I said before, that many people who attend church are not really born again. Many people who attend church are really not born again. And therefore, you cannot have that oneness in spirit. You cannot have that thing if people don't have the same spirit. It's not possible. And we see it in church more and more and more where we compromise the truth, we compromise the gospel, because we want to have members in our church. And because we compromise the truth and we are not radical anymore, we get people to come in our church. People who have a different spirit, people who are not fully born again, and therefore you don't experience that Family, you, it's not possible. So to experience that, you need to be born again. 
like in the physical. You need to be born into a family to be family. <laughs> you need to have the same spirit. You also need to have the same DNA somehow. You need to have the same vision, the same truth. It's not enough. People have the same spirit if they don't ha- if they don't have the same truth. Jesus said that very clear in John 4 when he talked about how we should worship him. He said, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. He did not say those who worship him should worship him in spirit alone or in truth alone. He said we should worship him in spirit and truth. And what I mean there is spirit born again. Truth is to have the right understanding, the, the foundation, the, right, the same vision. You cannot build unity with somebody who have 20 different ideas of how church looks like and what they want in life. You, you cannot be together with some and be one with some. If some people think, no, we should go this way. No, I like this and I want to do seeker-sensitive churches. No, I, I don't like that. I think we should go that way instead. And you, it's, it's not possible. And I, I have been places where people have tried <laughs> and it didn't succeed. And very often we end up spending a lot of time trying to build something we cannot we need to come to a point where it's not my will be done, it's your will, God. It's what Jesus said is church, is church, and not our ideas. What Jesus says, right, is, is the right thing. But if that is there, the spirit is there, the understanding, the truth is there, then it is possible to experience family. It is possible to experience church as a family where what you experience both is very strong. You really love those people you're with. You want to die for those people you're with. (laughs) And where you grow very, very fast and healthy because you're in an environment of spiritual parents. You're in an environment of family. And when you are in that right setting, people grow very fast spiritual. So they said, but so people ask, how do I become a family? I would say, first thing, make sure everyone is born again. Second thing, make sure that this is the same foundation we are building on. People also sometimes ask, but but how do we then meet? How 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 do we do church? And I would say that as you're going to see, it's really not about the program. (laughs) How how do you become a family? If you are in a family setting, how do you eat dinner over the coffee table? Is it like every time you come together as a family, you said, okay, welcome to this dinner table. First, daddy, he's going to say something. And when he's finished, my little sister is going to sing a song. And when my little sister has said, welcome and sing a song, my wife, mother is going to say something, and then I'm going to say something. When you are in a family over a coffee table, dinner table, and you are together, how much program do you 
use there? Not a lot, do you? It's more organic. <laughs> it's something that happened by itself. It's, it's something that grow up organic and every family is different. And this is difficult for us to understand because of our big, big, big religious classes. Also, when we talk about teaching, um, when, when I got born again, I went, met my wife, Lena. We got married and her parents, my father-in-law, become somehow my spiritual father. And I would say that he was the one who was teaching, teaching me. He was the one who was discipling me in this beginning. He was the one who was like a spiritual father for me who has laid a foundation. He was teaching me many things. But in all of those years in the beginning where he was teaching me, not one time did we organize a meeting as a meeting with a program. Not one time. All the teaching happened part of life. I was sitting in their living room. I was sitting with my Bible. I just read something during the day I did not understand. And I was asking my father-in-law, Eichel, Eichel, I don't understand, Eichel. What, what, what about this and this? And Eichel explained, Ah, ah, but what do you, what, what again? Ah, okay. But what about this, Eichel? What about this? And he explained. <laughs> so Eichel was the one who was laying a foundation in my life, who was teaching me. But there was no planned meeting. There was no welcomes and now we're going to teach and this is what we are teaching about today. Everything there had been organic. It was in a family setting. And I believe there is something there we have lost. And I'm going to talk more about that later. When we talk about the program, it's so challenging because we, we want to have programs. We want to know exactly how to do it. We want to have an A, B, C program. This is how you do when you come together. And, and one of the verses that is used a lot in the, in the house church movement is, is Corinthians uh, 14, 1 Corinthians 14, 26, where Paul is saying, How is it then, brothers? Wherever you come together, each of you have a song, song, have a teaching, have a tongue, have a revelation, have an interpretation. Let all things be done for the edification of the body. That verse have, I, I, I like it because it's, it's a strong verse, but and many house churches, organic churches, simple churches are building on that church worse. But that worse again can become a new institution, a new system. Where it become a new law. Where we think, okay, this is how we do. Every time we come together, okay, Paul say every time we come together, each of you have something. Who have a song? Okay, you have that. And then you have a teaching, and then she came with a tongue, and she come with interpretation, and you come with this. And it become like a, a model of doing church, that the way we do church is coming together, and we do this, and this, and this, and this, and this. I don't believe it's like that. I don't believe Paul meant it like that. When he said that, he did not say to all, all of us that that should be the law. 
Why? Because it was not the law from Paul. He did not do it himself. Paul did not do that. Paul, he did not live a life where he came, when he came together with people, he had, now you have this and you have this and you have this and you have this and you have that. Paul did not do that. No, when Paul, he was out, we read in Acts 20, that he spoke the whole night. Paul, he did not come together that evening and say, okay, you preach and you preach and you preach and so on. He did not do that like that. Paul spoke the whole night. He was speaking so long time that there was a man who fell asleep and fell out a window and died. And Paul ran out and he took him and, and br- took him up and everything was good. And then Paul, he went in again and he continued speaking for a long time, even to daylight. And you can read a daybreak. You can read that in Acts 29, verse 9. So here we have Paul who one place is saying Corinthians there, uh, 14.26. Another place, him himself was speaking the whole night. Another place we read in Acts 19 in Ephesus that he used the school of Tyrannus, and there he was preaching daily. So Paul did not do himself what he said other people should do. I believe what Paul said in Corinthians 14 26, he said to the church of Corinth. He said it to that fellowship, to that family, this is what you need to do now. To other families, he would say something different and he would do it different. And other families, he would do it different again. Why? Because not two families, not two churches are the same. And I want to use a picture to show you that, to show that we cannot use one church model from any every fellowship. We cannot use one church model from every church. Every church are different. Every fellowship are different. And if we want to be successful in making disciples, we need to come out of that mindset that is all about finding the right model. It's not about model, it's about people. It's about being over models. It's about looking over and look at what the need is instead of focus on that model. And I want to show a picture. I want to come back to the next lesson again where we continue in the family thing, where we talk about family because this is a really, really beautiful picture and I love it. And we can learn so much here when it comes to how to see New Testament church, how to be effective in discipleship. One and a half year ago, my son, Sonny, got married to an amazing Swedish girl called Hannah. So Sonny left home and he got married to Hannah and they became a family. And Sonny and Hannah was a family without children. They were a family without children. They had a lot of time in their life. They have a lot of time for themselves, for their friends, to do what they wanted to do. It was mostly about Sonny, and it was about Hannah, and it was about them. But one day, eight months ago, my grandson came. <laughs> a few months after they got married, she became pregnant. And nine months after that, they got little David, my amazing grandson. 
When David came, their life changed. From one second to another, everything changed. They are still a family, but now they were a family with a baby, or family with babies. What they did as a family without kids, they could not do now as a family with babies. Everything changed overnight. What they did yesterday, they could not do today. If you look at Lene and me, we are still a family. We have two other kids at home. We have Stephanie, uh, who are 16. Uh, we have Simone, who are 13. So we still have kids at home. But we don't, we don't have babies anymore. We don't need to come out in the middle of the night. We don't have to give milk anymore. Now we are family with children, but not a family with babies. At the same time, we are that we are actually also grandparents. We are now grandparents, and we have children who have left home. I believe that there is a really clear model in this, or not a model, I don't like the word model, but there is a clear picture of church, because church is a family. We can see here that family without children, they need help to get children. That is the next step for family often, to get children. And then they get children and suddenly it's all about the children. Now it's about milk, it's about diapers, it's about everything else. And what they did yesterday, they cannot do today. Everything changed overnight. And there is a time in their life where it's about having babies and get those babies to eat for themselves. Then there is a time where you don't have babies, but you have children, and now those children are getting ready to grow up, to leave home. And you help the children, disciple the kids, to be mature enough to leave home. And then we have the grandchildren thing. This is how it should be with church. The whole idea, church is like a family. You get born into a family. You are like a baby who needs milk. Then you grow up, you become mature, and then you leave home, and then you get your own family. And if you see this at church, every church are different. If you have a fellowship and a church without children, then we need to help them. A church without children need help to what? To get children. A church without children is spiritual children we are talking about now. It's wrong. There's something wrong. There's something wrong if you're in a fellowship and there is no newborn spiritual people there. There's something wrong. It's unhealthy if you have a fellowship and you are the same 20 people now the last 10 years. And if you, and I, sorry, I need to provoke a little. 
Um, I remember many years ago, I was in a church and I visited a church. And I had a girl with me who had just come to faith two weeks before. And I was supposed to speak that Sunday and I like to provoke a little. So I took that girl up in front of the church in the beginning of the church. And I said, hey, look at that girl. And everyone looked at her. She had been a believer for two weeks now. And they were, whoa, congratulations, welcome to the family. Everyone was excited that that girl had just come to faith two weeks before. And then I said to the church, yeah, when have you last seen one like this? When have you last seen somebody get born again? And my question shocked the whole church because everyone was stopping and thinking and looking around. And the last person they saw come to Christ was five, six years ago. Some churches had never seen people come to Christ. Then he's not a good fellowship. Then something is wrong. The whole idea with becoming a family is to reproduce, is to cover the whole earth. This is what God has commanded us to do in the physical to get babies, to get kids, in the spiritual, to get ki- baby, to get kids. So if you have a fellowship without children, don't continue doing what you always done with teaching and teaching and teaching and teaching big, big, deep theology and foundation. If you don't have children, you need to help them to get children. And that is where the evangelist or somebody come into the church and equip the saint to be effective in getting children. You need to learn about the bees and the birds or bees and the flowers and all that. No, you need to learn about how to get babies. You need to learn how to preach the gospel, how to lead people to Christ, to be led by the Holy Spirit, to find that person peace. So a family without children need help to get children. But what then when you get the children? What you did yesterday don't work today if you suddenly get five children. You cannot keep doing what you did yesterday and just run out on the street every day like you, you used to. If you suddenly have five newborn again people. Because now those babies need milk. And, and, and it's good, and, and it's so important to understand this because we, we, we don't see what is happening around us. We do what we are used to doing. And even going out on the street to evangelize, that is a good start when you don't have babies. But when you have children, then don't leave those children. Then it's time for milk. It's time for milk. And there, that church, that family who have children now, they need help. They need the five-fold ministry like everyone else. They need the shepherd to come and teach them. They need the teacher to come and help them to lay a foundation. They need people around them to come, help them to now give milk. But you are not supposed to give milk the whole life. Giving milk is like a mother eating the food. And then she takes the breast and takes the baby and she gives the milk because the baby cannot eat by itself. We very fast should teach the spiritual children to grow up and eat themselves. 
There is a problem if people need somebody to teach them after 10, 20, 30 years. They should have grown up by now, being mature and be able to eat themselves. And that is when you have laid the foundation. Then when we have family with children, they need discipleship. They need to be dependent on the Holy Spirit. And the reason I are right here dependent on the Holy Spirit is because they should not be dependent on you. And that is a problem. Many people in churches are afraid to let go. Many families. I remember when I left home, my mom, she was crying. Oh, Tom is leaving home. It was not easy for my mom to let go of me to leave home. Like in many churches, we need to be better to, to let them understand that those children is not for them to have the whole life. Those children is there to have them a short time to grow up, to be mature, to learn, teach them, disciple them, to not be dependent on you, but be dependent on God. To grow up so they can eat themselves. Grow up so they learn to be dependent on God. So they can leave home and start their own family. This is what is happening in the natural. <laughs> If we look at family in the natural, we have those four steps. We have families without kids. They need help to get kids. We have families with babies. Now they need to take care of their babies. We have families with children. You have to teach them now, help them to grow up and become mature, to take responsibility. As a baby, there is no responsibility. You don't say to the baby, go and clean your room and take up the dish. But you say that to children because they need to learn. And if they don't learn, they never mature. And if they don't mature, they never leave home and are not able to live, create a family by itself. And then we have family who live home and grandparents. And with grandparents, it's important to not control your kids. It's important to let go. Understand that they are independent. My son, Sonny and Hannah, he's grown up now. He's... He's independent. I'm there to support him, but I'm not there to control him. I'm not there to dictate how they should run their family. How he wants to run his family is, is there. I'm just there as a support. And this is how I believe church should be like. And this is what we want to talk about later. Church is like a family. There, we should get children. In every fellowship, there should be children. When we don't get children, we need to learn to get children. We need to learn how to do it. And, and this is some of the things we are teaching here in the Pioneer School. We, we give you steps. We look at Luke chapter 10, how to preach the gospel also. How to uh, find a person of Pete, how to preach the gospel, lead them to Christ, how to get children. So we learn to get children. And I would say in the last Reformation, what we have been working on most, I would say yes, our focus has most been 
how to get children, how to live this life, go out and bear fruit. But we also recognize that it's not enough just to get children. You need now to give those children milk. And there it's important to understand that not only we give those people around us milk, but we teach them to eat themselves very, very fast. So they can eat themselves and not be dependent on us all the time to give them milk. It's important to understand that those kids we have, no matter what fellowship it is, we only have for a very, very short time. For them to learn to be mature, to grow up, to leave home, and to get their own family, their own spiritual kids. And those, they grow up, they leave home, and they get their own family. And suddenly we are not only parents, but we are grandparents. Not only in the physical, but in the spiritual. And then we become grand-grandparents, because our grandkids get kids. And then we become grand-grand-grand-grandparents. And then we become grand-grand-grand-grand-grandparents. Then we become grand, 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 grandparents. And we see a multiplication of the church. And it's the same foundation, family, life. And not about a model, as I said before, because the model that worked for that family don't work for that family. The model who worked for that family don't work for that family. The model who worked for that family Maybe work today, but it don't work tomorrow because they have left home. Or the model here worked today, but it don't work yesterday because so on and so on. So I hope you get something out of this. And I want in the next lesson, I want to continue now. I want to stop here, but I want to continue now. And I want to continue in the next lesson. Talk about, about this where I become even more practical. Where I will come even more with examples. How this look like how you can very fast see what is the need in that fellowship you have there what is the need where we are right now and how do we come from there to there from there to there from there to there and then it all repeat itself again and it all repeat itself again and it's something we can learn it's something we can do very simple and i'm going to talk about that in next lesson where i'll be much more concrete and come with more example so i hope you got something out of it and um, see you next time god bless you bye bye